Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to Thursday. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, back with you today. Big thanks to Elijah and uh, Will Wilson for driving the bus yesterday. So, tradition states, the last day of school, a bunch of us dads go uh, go play golf. Didn't happen. We did take down a ton of uh, of, of wings. And, and just enough beer. So a little bit of a breather yesterday. Guys, thanks for rocking and rolling. You you stayed awake for an entire show for the first time in a while yesterday, Elijah. Yeah, we, 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 we discussed that on the show. Yeah, <laughs> you, I just put you both to sleep. Happens. Yeah? Happens. You're out, uh, you're out trolling at night. Maybe you need to get to bed earlier. Blame the Lincoln Salt Dog if you're going to blame anyone. Okay, so it's not a me thing. <laughs> no, it's a it's a it's a rain delay keeping me here till one a.m. type thing. <laughs> there you have it. Well, hey, we're uh, loaded up today. We'll check in with Brandon Vogel from uh, from Alevarsity dot com and magazine. Lot to get to. Schedules kind of set for you with uh, kickoff times. That's good news uh, to to get your fall plans going. I don't know what that means for me and Cranack over in Ireland for the pregame. But uh, we will get it all figured out. Uh, that is on the docket in hour two. Gary Barnett will join us. Uh, we'll get his take on, on you know, just calling other coaches out. It'll be kind of a fun topic with him. Amon Green, great Husker, great Green Bay Packer, will be with us day by day. We'll be in Omaha starting Friday at 7, the Granary District. You can log on daybydaymovie.com. Uh, to get your tickets if you need to get up to Omaha or if you're in Omaha and want to do that over the holiday weekend. Burke's Best Bets, Danny Burke in on the NHL and some NBA. Numbers to get in, 466-3776-800-825-5865. We'll give you a chance to qualify two final times to beef up your backyard uh, you want that smoker? You want the meat certificate to Russ's market uh, to to get things rolling with you this summer? Uh, good luck. We will give you a chance this hour and next to qualify. So a lot on the docket, recruiting wise. Did you you guys covered the the Bo Pelini? Pardon my take. Sit down. Uh, screw job comment. <laughs> yeah, both of got into a lot on that podcast, but yes, in fact, we did. We we, we got into that, and what what do you? I, I, let's get your take on it. What's your take? Were the Huskers Yes, they they were, and this isn't fanboy football guy talking. This is okay. Anyone else? The the ball <laughs> sails out of bounds because 
quite frankly, Colt McCoy, howdy doody, was concussed. He was he was concussed. He he, he said so a hundred times after the game or at different parts in his career because Sue uh, treated him like a lawn dart, like the play before, and it was it was frustrating to be quite honest. It, I remember watching it over in Calvin Klein's basement. That's a shout out to our friends at Vermeer, and and I couldn't believe it because Nebraska. All right, you got to a a conference championship game. Great. What's going to happen here? And immediately in that game, you knew Nebraska was going to be hanging around for a while just because of how dominant Sue was. He was great all season, but he was next level that game. I mean, it propelled him to to get the Heisman invite. He got screwed that year on on a Heisman, quite honestly. Mark Ingram won it. Sorry. Uh, Don't think that this is not wearing red or drinking Kool-Aid. But going back to what politically you want as a conference, you want your undefeated team to move forward and play in the championship game. And let's not kid ourselves. We've all studied World War I history. Uh, that was the, uh, the, the shot that you could argue helped spur things along to get the hell out of the league. Mm. I mean, mm. now you think about how World War I started. Well, what started the departure of the uh, Big Red from, from the Big 12? You could say that that Big 12 title game didn't help. Texas is calling their shots. They have the stupid Longhorn Network that's going to go away, by the, by the way, with the SEC merger. And people were sick of it. Administrators were sick of it. You have a, a pool of money even floating in, in the Big 10. But no, to uh, – and I'll be straight. The, the guy who made the kick drilled it. Justin Tucker. Yeah, Tucker with, with, with Baltimore and – by the way, that's been Sammy Cook's buddy for, for years, right? We talked to Sam earlier this week. And ah, it was uh, it was it was just heart wrenching. See, because I, I brought this up yesterday on the show though. Nebraska's also been on the, the, the beneficiary side of that. Because I, I think back to the ninety three Orange Bowl against Florida State. Ninety four yeah. Ninety four ninety three season ninety four Orange Bowl. Bowl. But yeah, Nebraska but here's the thing. But though. they they just missed the kick. They missed the kick. But but it's not like there was any doubt that there was a second left. Nebraska had a timeout. Tremaine Bell got down with a, with clearly a second to go. So justice was done at the end of that game to give Nebraska well, a chance. I I think when you watch back, dude. If I give if, if I give my unbiased take, the ball did hit the railing on the front row of the crowd with one second still on the clock. Seriously, the question to me is whether or not that's can you even review that? Because I, I thought. That with the review, you're just reviewing when the whistle goes and the referee. How about intentional grounding? That's fair. That ends the game on an offensive penalty. <laughs> I'll give you that one. That one's fair. I mean, that doesn't matter if there's a receipt. Uncatchable, still intentional grounding. It needs to hit something, right? For the clock to expire. But if there's a penalty, intentional grounding, let's say, can you pull that up? The, the play? I haven't time. pulled up you on okay, Yeah, let's 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 roll pocket right. Take a shot. Throw it out of bounds and stop the clock. Wait a minute, did the game end? Nebraska thinks it's over. McCoy may have run the clock out. Mac thinks there's a second left. I thought there was a second left. I think Bo Pelini should settle down the Nebraska sideline. I think they can look at the clock in this situation. I thought there was a second. The previous play is under further review. They will look at the clock. 
I think what they're that, that snapped old Musburger out of his buzz. And I, I believe. <laughs> 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 Hold on a minute! I got money riding on this son of a. There's a second left. <laughs> what do our friends in the desert say, Brent? I, I'm as I'm slowing down the footage here. The ball does bounce with one second remaining on the clock, according to the ticker. According to the ticker at the top of the screen. And then the, the reps in the field, they didn't actually make a call on the play. They just went straight I, to review. Am I off in intentional grounding? The pocket was rolled. He was still within the pocket, but the pocket rolled right. So so he did roll out of the pocket. I think he got out of the tackle box. Okay, so, still in the pocket, but the whole pocket. So my theory. Okay. Long and short, score more. This is the other side of the coin. Don't be so god-awful on offense. It's 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 a It's a... It's 12 to 10. Hit your kickoff with 40 seconds left out of the end zone. Yeah, that was a little rough. Don't don't give him starting field position at the 40. As great as the defense played that last drive, but you you pretty much need to shut him out because Brandon Kenny, our old buddy Brandon Kenny, he had a great game. He had a great game, but you had Zach Lee, and you had had Roy doing his thing, running the football. That 09 season was nuts because think about the, the Texas loss, right? Mm-hmm. Think about the way you lost to Iowa State, how freaky that was. That was 2010, forgive me. Well, then you go to you well, go the Virginia, Arizona in the Holiday Bowl, 33 to nothing or 36 yeah, to killed, nothing, just killed, killed them. them. I mean, no Foley, uh, the, uh, the guy who surplanted Wentz. Foles. Foles, thank you. Foles, and again, Axel Foley, forgive me. But uh, Foles, and then Gronk was hurt that game, so he didn't play, but he was on that Arizona team. But you lost to... You you lost uh, to to Texas in heartbreak fashion. You lost to Virginia Tech. Think about that thing, right? You're winning the whole game against Virginia Tech, and you lose the final moments of that thing. 16 to 15 final score. Right. And you also lost to... In 09, you beat Missouri. You got worked by the Pirate. Leach killed you. Yeah, 31 to 10. And who else did they lose to? They lost four games that year. You were right, right on the money with Iowa State. Nine to okay, seven. Okay, so it was it was 09. I got 2010, they got the overtime win in, in, in Ames. But yeah, you had, you had Paul Rhodes. The nine to seven, one of the worst football games ever. Because you had like life. seven fumbles. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. You had some. That team was good enough, despite their offense, to be like a twelve and two football team. That's how great the defense was. Uh, let's talk a little bit here. You have Keith Williams as part of that team. He is back on the Nebraska staff, assistant director of player personnel, which is good. And, and Keith's done his time. Bethel University is an offensive coordinator. He is uh, Mister St. Louis, right? Keith Williams is a guy that's going to come in, help the recruiting office. Vince uh, Ginta hiring him, and Nebraska wants to get into St. Louis, be more prominent in St. Louis, and why not hire a uh, a, a St. Louis guy? And you got Kenny Wilhite, who's big in St. Louis, but he's not a recruiter. Kenny's big time on staff, though. Uh, Keith Williams is going to help with that. Taylor Lewis, Elijah. He'll make his official on May 31st. Nebraska still wants him, the defensive tackle from JUCO, which is nice. Uh, he has taken visits to Buffalo and Washington State and Oregon State. He'll be at Arkansas this weekend. We'll see if the Hogs force a commit or not. Plenty of visitors coming up here the weekend of June 
third, and then uh, several more the following weekend. Friday night lights around the corner. Nebraska offering Cade McIntyre today. He's the linebacker out of Archbishop Bergen in Fremont. Got the old Tennessee offer yesterday. So yeah, we we talked to him last summer. Yeah, we we sat down with him. Yeah, the the, the, the top the Steve Warren. Yeah, the, what what event? The top. I got to remember. No, it was the recruiting was. showcase. Recruiting showcase, but it, they had a name. But top top one hundred. Top one hundred was a top something, 50, like, something that. like that. Yep. No, we had a we had a good uh, good week, good Wednesday up there. We'll do that again with Steve Warren, Kate, and his twin brother Koa. Okay, we, we, t- we talked to both of them. We got those in the pot. Maybe we'll have to replay them at some point here. Well, let's just get them again. Do it that way. Great point. But back to your 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 thought here. No, Bo's totally fine to 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 go conspiracy theory. He isn't wrong. You're going to make sure you have an undefeated team. Go play for a championship. And, and you know, the, the, the moments after that game, I was not at the Big 12 championship game that year. So, but talking to some friends in the media, I mean, it was just pins and needles afterwards because Bo's livid. Uh, you have T.O. not happy. And, and then... That pretty much sealed the, div- <laughs> the divorce. <laughs> Started and sealed the divorce. We'll get Brandon Vogel's take on that. But I have no problem with Bo. I mean, Bo's going to be doing a podcast. We've talked to mm-hmm. Kaz enough. Bo's uh, a, a pretty intriguing listen. I have no issue with, with him. I mean, I don't, I don't say, I don't know why you say f-bomb one moment and then just say screw job let's just let's make it f-bomb city in honor of ray Liotta today hmm. yeah that sucked well that wasn't even the only interesting thing bo got into is uh, another really interesting part of his sit down with part of my take was uh talking about the move of stanley jean baptiste from wide receiver to cornerback where i didn't realize how i guess maybe this is hindsight serving me uh, incorrectly, but I didn't realize that four days before the Big Ten home opener against Ohio State was the first time he ever played cornerback in his life. Yeah, he, he was a wide receiver. Well, I knew he was a wide receiver. I didn't realize he had never played cornerbacks, and they, they throw him out there. Four days later, gets a pick to seal it in the fourth quarter against Ohio State. Well, he's State a second-round pick. Yeah, just <laughs> incredible. That was just one of the things where he was like, yeah, uh, we had some injuries. We showed up to practice on Monday and said, Stanley, you're, pl- you're starting at cornerback this week. Just how, how ridiculous that, that thought is in my head of just so many memories from that Bo Pliny era that I think get, get and, over, overlooked by some of Bo Pliny's sideline antics. But there were some incredible stories on those teams. No, I, Well, and, and Searles has broken into some of those, and and Will Compton has as well. And then, and then there's Bo, and then there's his staff. And you, you talk, like, legit some – some off-air discussions with some guys on that staff. I mean, it, legit, to a guy, it's like he would black out during the game. Mm-hmm. Okay? It, it's it's Will Farrell, another old-school reference, where he's doing the, the Jeopardy or the, 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 the Quiz Bowl, where he's got to answer some sort of political, economic question against the Raging Cajun. And Will Ferrell blacks out and has the perfect answer for this complicated economic questionnaire. And he's like, well, I just blacked out. What happened? I mean, that was Bo in that window on the sideline. It turns out Bo Pliny and I 
aren't all that different. I've also been blacking out during games over the past couple of years. You have done it because you've snuck in Mr. Flask. And I had to watch Ohio State beat down Nebraska by 50 points. You've had a bad run. You've had yeah. a bad run. But you'll <laughs> maybe, it, maybe that will change Nebraska and their schedule is set partially, kind of, right? Nebraska is going to have a few uh, primetime settings for you. That'll be a big noon kickoff for Oklahoma at 11. That's uh, pretty awesome. Kickoff's going to be 11.30 Central, Elijah. Put it down for Dublin as uh, we'll be on the road for that. North Dakota, 2.30 kickoff against uh, Nebraska, BTN, Georgia Southern. That's a 6.30 night game, FS1, and it's a TB to be determined uh, either 6 or 6.30 kick for a night game in October. The garbage part is you're going to have a 6 o'clock Friday game at Rutgers. Not a fan of that. Black Friday, 3 o'clock on BTN. Brandon Vogel on the way at Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Live. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could listen to the radio on Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! About an hour from now, Amon Green will join us. Gary Barnett checks in. We welcome in managing editor, HailVarsity.com and magazine, Brandon L. Vogel with this at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. His book with John Cook, Dream Like a Champion. Vogues, have we fired up Goodfellas today in tribute to one Ray Liotta? No, I, I haven't yet. Um, you know, that's, uh, that's a time commitment, so might be in <laughs> for it tonight. Um, I mean, an excellent movie. Certainly has his iconic role in, in my view. Though the, the most Ray Liotta I ever uh, engaged with in terms of just hours spent was certainly uh, his iconic role as Tommy Bersetti in Grand Theft Auto Vice City, which I spent many hours playing my first year of grad school instead of actually doing uh, my grad school work. So that will always be Ray to me. That's, that's, an, okay, that's an okay confession uh, this afternoon on that. I love that. Uh, Shoeless Joe, of course. I liked him as, as Johnny Depp's dad in Blow. You know, the, the, the working man that ended up losing his backside to the bank and <laughs> that, uh, that turned Junior on to cocaine, apparently. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's a really good one, too. I, I did like, it was a little bit strange, but I liked The Place Beyond the Pines. Never saw uh, that. Need to. That Ryan Gosling movie, yeah. It has two very, uh, two very separate halves, which is kind of an unconventional structure, but I did enjoy that movie. Copland was money. That was a really good movie. Yeah, that's another one. I mean, looking down his list, he's he's been in some, some good ones. Well, Ray Liotta dying at the age of 67 in his sleep down in the Dominican filming 
his latest project. That's too bad. Vogues, uh, to football we go. And when we look at all of Nebraska's additions, you know, and the portal's been so big in that, do you worry uh, of all the, like, concerns to fit this right? Is chemistry, like, worry number one? Do you worry about a bunch of new faces, a bunch of new dudes fitting together? I mean, they, they all presumably want to win. They, they need to win. Do you worry about NIL? Do you worry about jealousy? Do you worry about just getting it figured out? Or do you think the leadership at this point with the guys that have been in the program is strong enough to, to kind of set the tone? Yeah, I, I, I think it's reason to at least pause and, uh, and, and talk about. I don't know if it's a reason for concern. Yet, uh, you, you know, more specifically, your question: Do I think the leadership's strong enough? Yeah, I think so, but I, I don't know. And you know, it, and Nebraska's in an interesting position with that, in my opinion, because they are like. I mean, we've talked we've talked about this at various various points, so I'll try to be brief. But like losing nine one score games is in, insanity. And like any team in that position, usually you can count on them to bounce a little bit the next year. It's not a guarantee, but it happens vastly more often than it doesn't happen. And I think some of that is just, well, the team was actually better than their record showed and, and things even out a little bit. Some of the breaks maybe go a different way. But I also think some of that is, and, you know, and I, I felt this way a lot listening to guys like Garrett Nelson and some of the veteran players now who have been around having been through that and been like, we don't want to do that anymore. Um, so I think that context of like, hey, guys, remember it was like last year when we kept coming up just short well, none of those transfers experience that. Not at Nebraska, at least. And I have experienced it a little bit somewhere else. So I think there's a piece of that that, that you know gives you pause. There's a lot of moving pieces here. And, you know. Vogues? It do, okay, but I it, Yeah, I guess. Yeah. It did what it had to do, but it just introduces kind of a lot of, um, I don't know if uncertainty is the right word. It's just there, there's a lot to consider there that, you know, it'd be much different if the same Nebraska team was coming back with the majority of its own players, I guess, in key spots. Brandon Vogel's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, and Brandon, a lot's been made of the fact that, man, these transfers aren't coming to, to Nebraska to come sit on the bench. They're coming here to make an impact. They're coming here to play. So I, I want to get your take. Come week zero against Northwestern, how many guys in the starting roster, if you, if you were setting a betting line, do you think will be transfers that are coming in to make an instant impact? Hmm, good question. Let's see. I have to do a quick count in my head. I will set the uh, – I feel like I'm always a little bit cautious. I'll set the over under three and a half. <laughs> so, I, mean, yeah, I think – Casey you, Thompson's I, a shoe-in. Yeah, go ahead. I would say Casey Thompson feels like a shoe-in. Uh, you would think that, that some of the defensive linemen they bring in probably gets you to two or three, and then it, it's anything on top of that, right? Yeah, now that you're saying that, maybe four or four and a half is better. Because I think, yes, quarterback. Um, I think potentially, I, I think one receiver and potentially two, uh, probably one defensive lineman. That gets you to four, and then it becomes a question, you know, uh, and a lot of this will have to do with how they line up. But, you know, Mathis, whether you consider him an outside linebacker or defensive end, somebody in the secondary, 
So, yeah, we're, we, we, we're, we got a ton of early money in, and that early money was your wisdom, Elijah. So now it's the upper under has moved to four and a half. <laughs> Brandon Vogels with us, uh, Hale Varsity Radio. Vogues, uh, as you've put together a lot of your previews, is there, through your research, a team that has jumped onto your radar as either a dark horse or a potential scare on the schedule? Hmm. Um, I think Minnesota is is one, and I mean, like we know Nebraska's recent history with Minnesota, but when we saw FPI and I think you know some of the actual win totals from Vegas, Minnesota was a little bit lower than I thought, and it's. There's a reason for that. They have to replace a ton defensively. They bring back almost their entire offense. And, oh, they're bringing back, you know, their old offensive coordinator from that 2019 season. So that's one that, you know, if you pay a lot close attention to kind of the off-season markets, so to speak, uh, it seems like people are maybe a little more down on than I thought. So I think Minnesota is just a touch undervalued at, at this point. Um, in terms of overvalued, I don't see a ton of those on on Nebraska's schedule. You know, North Dakota is a team that I think can be scary. But they they have to return. Like, hey, yeah. yes, we acknowledge their defense, but this FCS program, Nebraska should win. Vogue's kickoff times announced. Oh. Brunch in Dublin. Mine. What is the uh, what what is a uh, a proper uh, Irish brunch. A proper Irish brunch. Um, well, there there is the Irish breakfast, which is basically like everything. So you get sausage, you get some very nice Irish bacon, some toast. The butter in Ireland is excellent. Uh, I think there's a couple of grilled tomatoes with that. There's beans. Like if you if you're going to Ireland, you will not be able to miss the Irish breakfast. It's everywhere. When I went there 20 years ago, we were there for about eight days. We probably had about six of those because every bed and breakfast we stayed at, that's just what you had for breakfast. So, And I, it, it's very good. So I encourage the, the Irish breakfast. The only thing that throws me off is I don't think you should be eating beans for breakfast. <laughs> are, they, are they awesome? It's, it's, uh, no, they're fine. Um, it, it, it is a bit strange. Um, <laughs> now, you know, the other thing is, is like, depending on uh, – how like authentic they want to go or don't want to go with this Irish breakfast is black pudding, aka blood sausage, mm-hmm. can sometimes be found with that, and uh, that, that's an experience. I'll say. I'll, I'll just take an Irish coffee. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so eleven thirty uh, our time, uh, Nebraska time, for Northwestern on Fox. Surprised or no? Did you know this was coming, that Nebraska-Oklahoma national game, Big Noon Fox? Uh, Not all that surprised. I mean, for me, so when you become a sports writer, you have to take an oath that you no longer like night games, even though you know night games are cooler and much more fun. Uh, From a work perspective, you're like, let's just play it at noon. So no skin off my back with with having the early kickoff there. Um, And I think it's kind of cool to have have the Fox pregame show in Lincoln for the first time, but though I certainly understand why fans were, were hoping for a night game with that one, but Nebraska's going to get a pretty good dose of those evening-slash-night games based on just the games that were released today, if you factor in Dublin and local time there. 
Well, and let's let's go game day for a moment. Does game day go to Ireland? Does game day end up in Ann Arbor? I know that has a lot to do with Nebraska's record, Michigan's record. But could could game day kick it off the right way with uh, with that uh, Irish breakfast? I'm gonna. I'll be surprised if that that's the case. That's an entire operation for two teams coming off three and nine seasons. Uh, no disrespect to Nebraska or Northwestern, but <laughs> that's just them. Them the facts in in this case. So I'll, I I haven't looked close enough what other games are on that week zero schedule. There's probably no no brainer with that group, but I'm gonna guess the ESPN crew will stay uh, stay domestic if if they can at all. Vogues, what are you working on? What is happening? I know we've uh, got a date penciled in up uh, at the uh, the Varsity Club uh, Bar and Grill up in Omaha for the uh, almost the end of June for uh, for a live show to kind of kick things off for the yearbook thing, uh, the yearbook reveal. And man, that's that's going to be pretty awesome. You've been busy, and it's almost uh, it's almost uh, kickoff time for that. Yeah, it is. So what am I working on? The yearbook, the yearbook, the yearbook. Um, and, you know, we, we feel good about these every year. Like, we put everything we have into them. I'm, I'm really anxious for, for people to get a chance to see this one. Um, got some great features in there. That's kind of where we're at in the process is we're locking those up. Um, team previews are done. Position previews are, are mostly done. If Nebraska stops ever, ever adding transfers, that is. Um, <laughs> but it's it's coming together nicely. You know, here in a, another week or so, we'll be ready to reveal the cover. Um, and then June 7th is when we officially send this to print, which doesn't matter to anybody except those of us working on it. But it does mean if you want to guarantee your copy of the yearbook, make sure you get subscribed by June 6th. Uh, you can check out the various subscription options at hailvarsity.com slash subscribe. Good stuff. Vogues, we'll talk Saturday, but thanks for the time. Sounds good, guys. Thanks. Listen to this station anytime, anywhere on Odyssey. Odyssey. Hey, it's Schmitty. Want to tell you about a fantastic opportunity to work for a rapidly growing company that also enjoys the benefits earned with having competitive, stable history of work over 20 years? FSC. The FSC Edge, it's a leading technology innovator serving governmental agencies. Expert services helping worldwide patent offices meet strict processing and publishing timelines while delivering exceptional quality. They support some of the world's largest patent offices throughout the U.S. and Europe. That includes the European Patent Office, the German Patent and Trademark Office, and the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. The only group of companies worldwide to provide such support to all three of these agencies. Working at FSC, you have a chance to work with fun people with great attitudes and learn about patents. You're not on the phone. You're not customer-facing. It's casual dress. And the work environment, it's a new environment with over $2 million in improvements. You have access to generous benefits packages company support for health and wellness and you do impactful work on a national scale make a difference their team's constantly growing and they're always looking for new people to join their mission check out what's available today at jobs at fsc.com chime in 402-466 espn or email the show chris at hailvarsity.com just try me try me back to hail varsity radio Good stuff from Brandon Vogel. We'll spend time with Gary Barnett. I'm on green next hour. And plenty to get to on the hardwood here in a moment. Cam Chick uh, posting on social media that he's foregoing his final season at Nebraska. 
and uh, just going to get school handled and then hopefully a long and prosperous pro career. That's my thought for him. And a lot of change, a lot of turnover with Husker baseball, but uh, you've got a number of JUCO guys coming in that are going to be hungry and maybe things will stabilize a little bit better next year. Yeah, a lot of spots up for the taking with, uh, I believe, Cam Chick being the seventh uh, individual of the mm-hmm. roster this year that has uh, announced that he will not be returning next season, whether it be through Transfer Portal or to, or to finish schooling here in the case of Cam Chick. And I believe it opens up three to four spots in the field, depending on if you consider Jack Style the starting first baseman or not. Uh, it does open up some spots uh, for these Juco guys to go and get playtime, and uh, I think that's you know, uh, a good thing whenever you look at the results of the Husker baseball team. Much needed to change, and uh, you'll have some competition for some starting spots next season. So you have Bryce McGowan's. Will he find the right spot? We'll get there in a moment. A guy trying to move on from La La Land. He had a report from Hoop Central that uh, Russ Westbrook requesting formally requesting a trade from the Lakers. He prefers to go to Golden State or Milwaukee or the Heat. Yeah, who doesn't? Yeah. Congrats, he, man. Oh, he, you want to go to a you winner. You just picked three of the final <laughs> four, Russ. Good work. Let me tell you what's going to happen when you walk in. Unless you're all about role switching, as in being a lockdown defender, first. Secondly, staying healthy. Thirdly, realizing that you are awful when it comes to shooting and your your jump shot. You are an incredible athlete, arguably one of the best in the league. You're great at getting to the rim. Your energy is second to none. And you're you, when you're hot, when you're when you're streaky good, not streaky bad, dude, you're a machine. You can you can be uh, 15 and 19 from the floor and you can get hot occasionally from 3. And I, I don't believe that, that Russ Westbrook's a guy that doesn't work on his game. I don't look at him and Ben Simmons as the same dude. I think Russ probably works pretty hard in the offseason. He's just not a good jump shooter. He's not a good he – mid-range, when he, when he gets some separation to that free throw line, good. He's, he's great. He gets to the rim, and he gets to the rim against about anybody because he's so explosive. But this, this – need to be a three-point guy it, it's killed it it's killed the team and and he's been shuffled around and between him and Harden those are the two MVPs of this decade and quite frankly this generation you don't trade MVPs you don't like the last MVP in sports period to my knowledge that still had good ball left in him to get traded was Andre Dawson right Goes to Chicago from the from the Expos because he's playing on concrete and his knees suck. So he wanted some cushioning out in right field and Wrigley done. Won the MVP on a last place club. But you have Russ and Harden for that matter that I still think they have good ball left in them. But in no way, shape or form do I go add them based on what I just saw in Los Angeles, how it blew things up. Him, LeBron. And, uh, and AD could not function, right? And I think LeBron's pretty hard to function with, honestly. But Russ is just, he's not, he's a triple-double machine, but it's a volume guy from a scoring standpoint. That's how him and James have always been. Well, uh, and the, the problem here is is really his contract for trying to find a trade partner. I mean, <laughs> uh, combined with the, the, the play on the court, I mean, 
No, the, no, no, no. The three teams that you listed aren't going to pick it's you a up. Bad investment. How the hell are they going to afford to pay you forty-seven million dollars next season? You're thirty-four and coming off the worst year of your career. And I've seen crazy Lakers fans on Twitter. I'll have to talk to Greg Smith about this. Yeah. Saying, uh, "Oh well, what, why would the the Bulls say no to?" To trading Zach Levine for Russell Wilson. And Zach's and developed into picks. a great player. Because, yeah, you're getting a better player with Zach Levine, and you're paying him less money. Russell Wilson is going to make $47 million next season. Unless you are a bottom dweller in the NBA who needs to sell some tickets, yes, he, you're, he, you're not going to get that. Anymore. Russ, Russ, go go win about 35 games, be just out of contention for the playoffs, but be a... Be a must-see on the court to put butts in seats. That's where you're at. I mean, that's where he was before last season with the Washington Wizards, and he, and he did that role pretty well. Um, so Lakers go and pick him up, and no, that, it, it was that was a marriage made in hell last oh, season. Oh, it, it was just Russell Wilson, LeBron James, the Lakers. That was awful to watch. I I sure hope that he's not playing for the Lakers next season for his sake, because I don't think what we saw last season is what Russell Wilson, or excuse me, Russell Westbrook is. Uh, but but the, the way I see it is this is going to likely end up being a cut in a dead cap situation for the Lakers. He's and don't kid yourself. Some guys when they go home, really try too hard. And he's an LA guy, UCLA guy. Almost ended up at Creighton. Quite honestly, it's between uh, UCLA and Creighton, and it, it just it was just too much. Bryce McGowan's great write up. Jacob Padilla, HaleVarsity dot com. Uh, he completed a big step in his pre-draft process in Chicago last week uh, doing the interviews uh, at the Rock Nation Pro Day. And uh, you look at where some of the uh, measurements come in and some of the write-up here. And this is not our Mike Babcock, but uh, Basketball News' Mike Babcock uh, on on Bryce's kind of set up here the, the measurements were were good when it comes to what the scouts and some of the nba insiders feel uh he is a guy that's not happy with his current draft projection range that's end of the first somewhere into the second and the thing that's going to help him is interviews meetings private workouts exposure and had that one team fall in love with you, he uh, did do pretty well from a from a jump shot standpoint in Chicago. The thing is, do you believe it? Twenty seven percent from three, and uh, off the dribble was twenty four percent. So that's that's the issue when it comes to catch and shoot threes. Fifty percent, twenty of forty. That's good, but can you get your own shot? Off the bounce from the three-point arc, that's the big question in the NBA. Now, Elijah, you can put some money down and develop that at a high level in the NBA for the for the future second contract, right? We're talking about Westbrook on X number of contracts while we're looking at McGowan's. Someone will absolutely go in there, and he's already shown the commitment to, to keep bulking up like he did. He got stronger as the Big Ten season went on. That's not very common for freshmen. Usually you hit a wall and fade. He got better. He took better shots, which was good. But I think with uh, with Bryce McGowan's, it'll be uh, just super important to, to impress that one team. That usually happens, but if he wants to be a first-round guy, it's got to happen. 
And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this first hour, it's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. I'm off to baseball and Carney tomorrow. That means it's Elijah Herbal and the pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman. Man, that'll be uh, intriguing and entertaining. No doubt. We have more goodies to get you qualified for. Uh, One more chance this hour, one chance next hour, then the drawing tomorrow. And we'll let you know who is going to be the uh, king of the backyard, the beefing up one's backyard with Capital Patio, the smoker, and, of course, the gift card to Russ's Market. That is awesome. But we have more summer goodies for you with your friends at Super C. And uh, what you can do moving forward here is a chance to win more goodies, as in a grill, that's chairs, that's a cooler, portable speaker, meat, toss on that grill. What you got to do is go to ESPNLincoln.com and uh, get entered in, ESPNLincoln.com, to say aloha to the summer with ESPN and your friends here at Hale Varsity, and uh, you automatically get qualified for a $100 Super C gift card just by getting signed up to say aloha to your summer. And I think of aloha, that makes me think of Hawaii, that thinks that makes me think of Spicoli from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Elijah Herbal is looking at me funny and puzzly. I, when, once you tied it together, I, I, I figured it out. I was. Have you seen Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Yeah, it was the TV version, though, so not so, as fun. Uh, so, so the pool scene. Yeah, I believe it was on AMC back in the day. See, and that's that's just, a, 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 it's quite frankly a disappointment that you had to to experience all of Fast Times <laughs> on AMC. You've got to stream that thing, man. Well, see, uh, the, the movie. Go full Monty on I it. was trying to find a movie to watch tonight because my abs are, aren't in action until tomorrow night, which means I have a whole evening free as uh, they had the choke job of all choke jobs last night. It was bad in overtime, 5 4. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's considering you went up with three minutes left with the best solo goal uh, I've seen from the abs this season. And there's been some good ones. And then you find a way to blow a lead with three minutes left and then blow it in overtime to a guy who's played 12 games all year. That was, mm. uh, it was rough to watch. So. Uh, I was looking at Gettysburg. Gettysburg's one, it's uh, like four hours long, so I've never seen it in full. I was thinking maybe I could sit down and watch the full four hours tonight. Um, but Fast Months at Ridgemont High. Fast Times at Ridgemont mm-hmm. High, excuse me, could be next. No, do it. And, uh, yeah, Mr. Hand, incredible history teacher. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the, the, the scene of Zeppelin where they're playing Zeppelin in, in the van. <laughs> it's good. The uh, the pool scene. Well, Phoebe Cates. Yes, yeah. she was in Gremlins as well. But Gremlin, I've never seen. A little less memorable in in Gremlins. <laughs> Let's uh, get you qualified right now. We will take caller nine right now to beef up your backyard. And uh, that smoker from Capital Patio and the Flame Shop, the Smoky Mountain Cooker smoker, is awesome, man. And uh, good luck to you. And uh, the gift card to Russ's Market, awesome meat. You want some ribs? You want some chops? How about a steak to put on that smoker? You haven't had smoked steak. You haven't lived. But good luck. Caller 9 qualifies right now, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Caller 9, get qualified 
beef up your backyard. Coach Barnett knows how to smoke. Coach Barney on the way. Amon Green next hour, hour two on the way. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's Hale Varsity. Dot com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery Hall of Fame coach, Gary Barnett, Colorado Northwestern, and of course in the Missouri Football Hall of Fame. Coach, how's the week? The week is good. It was a little chilly here and uh, for for two days, and, and we got back to Boulder, and it was rainy. We got a lot of water and moisture, snow actually, over the weekend. I missed it, but... On our drive back, we could see, uh, especially down around Pueblo, how there was there was four to eight inches of snow on the ground, and I think Boulder got about eight. So we needed it. It was really getting dry, and so we had good moisture, and now it's going to be warm, and things are just going to pop green. So it's uh, it's it's typical here it, until after May twentieth or twenty first. You just you don't plan anything because. That uh, the snow is going to come or something's going to come. Well, we've had enough rain that, that Noah says you're good. So uh, needed to warm up and we'll have some baseball this weekend. We're excited for that. So there's been a bit of an uproar or it's about time, depending what side of the coin you're on with uh, Nebraska fans this week, because Nebraska's doing away with the balloon tradition after uh, every first score for a lot of years, Coach, Nebraska released balloons into the air. Did the, uh, the, did the Buffs, did CU ever punt on a tradition you were a part of? Did they ever suspend the Ralphie running or anything like that? Does that come to mind? Well, we, uh, we, we have suspended the Ralphie run, but uh, partially because the one they were training was too dangerous. Because really? they just... They couldn't get it trained. I mean, they. She kept. Uh, I would watch her in practice, and she'd run up into the stands. So, uh, yeah, we went about four or five weeks uh, <laughs> without Ralphie till they got her trained. It was a new one, and and now the one they have is so small. It looks like you're running a small dog, and um, you know they have eight handlers, and this dog it's about as big as a. German Shepherd or this buffalo, it's about as big as a German Shepherd running with it. It looks, it looks tiny, but she'll she'll get big. But uh, um, she's relatively small compared to most of the buffaloes we've had. Man, so there was a Ralphie that went on search and destroy missions in the stands, huh? For a while. 
Well, we she actually are the uh, we had one die. Was, this was going to be back in the eighties and eighty uh, seven, I think. And anyway, we we had one die at halftime of our Stanford game, and uh, so they had to get another one in trainer, and they they bring her to the stadium and trainer, and we'd watch her, and great, she was she was you couldn't handle it. She was breaking collarbones. She literally ran up the the ramp that says Colorado yeah. up into the stands because they seek higher ground. I mean, they could not control her. And she almost ran over Barry Switzer the first time that she did run. So there was good and bad with that. But uh, Hold on, <laughs> our what? fans enjoyed Barry running and scampering for the side, but it was a little dangerous. What was Barry's reaction? He had to say something. Well, what happened is we had we changed the rules so that Ralphie ran before the other team came out. So, um, you know, they they wouldn't get run over. <laughs> oh, I, I'm just going to leave that one be. I love Coach Switzer, but there's some that don't. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ralphie didn't. That's for sure. <laughs> Gary Barnett's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. There's that. There's an iconic picture. I think this might have been 95, uh, where, where T.O.'s out of the locker room, and T.O.'s got his aviators on, and Ralphie's headed right for him. And I'll send you the picture, and he's pointing Ralphie and the rest of the buff runners to move around his team. It's crazy. He's just standing there, and it looks like that moment in time, Ralphie's uh, ready to go uh ready to go attack but uh, nothing happened. Gary Barnett's with us. Coach, uh, we, we – uh, Got done talking last week, and then Jimbo called an emergency press conference. What did you think of that? Well, I think I think eventually Jimbo's going to regret doing that. Um, <laughs> you know, I um, it's the way he went about it was, I think Jimbo should have could, in my opinion, could have shown a lot more class. Um, by handling that much smoother, much more uh, talking slower, uh, just being a little more classy with it and still gotten his message across. But, um, you know, it's interesting. I saw Spurrier's comment. I don't know if you saw Spurrier's comment. He says, what is it that Nick said that wasn't true? And so, um, you know, it's – I think it's probably that kind of stuff has been ready to, you know, leak out of the surface or erupt out of the surface of all the college football. And it, you know, it just happened down there. And I think we're all happy it happened down there rather than someplace else. But, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, I, I think Nick was basically Mike trying to make a comment about where this is all going and, and why it needs to be somewhat at least corralled and and uh, Jimbo, of course, took it took it personal, and I, I I can see you know I've had that I've done the same thing I've I've had reactions that I wish I could take back, um, and have uh, only once or twice done it in the media anyway. But um, you know I think uh, I think Jimbo is going to wish that he he'd handle that differently. Did you when you when you've had. Uh respond to a coach you thought may have been disrespectful or there was something you were asked about would, would you just call the coach himself or talk to him before a game or after or 
or how would you go about it? You said there's a couple well, instances I, in the media. Um, you know, I, I've had one incident with a coach, and I had one incident with a uh, two incidents with the media guys. And the, the incident with the coach was I, I did not call him, mm-hmm. and then I saw him before the game, and he was really mad because I, I turned him in for violations and. Nobody had ever turned this guy in before. They, you know, he was above all that. Well, uh, he came out and at halftime before the game and just ripped me. And um, who was it? You know, I, I, uh, it was Pete Carroll. Oh, really? And so, yeah. And so, uh, I, I turned him in long before the game, but just so happened by the time we got to that game, we lost our quarterback and had to play a brand new quarterback and we were going to get killed. And we did. And he made sure of it, but uh, it was, um, yeah, it was Pete Carroll was there. And then in the media, I, I had uh, uh, Sid Hartman made a comment at Minnesota that after we had won at beaten Minnesota at Northwestern, that we, it was obvious that we had changed our academic standards to allow guys into school. And I, I went after him pretty good after that in the press conference afterwards. So that, and then I had a guy in, in Colorado that just made an outrageous, outrageous statement. And, uh, uh, I called, <clears throat> called him out in the media and the press guy, press conference as well. But, um, you know, if I had it do all over again, I probably would have called, should have called Pete. Uh, the other two didn't bother me too much. So. <laughs> Gary Barnett's with us, Hail Varsity Radio. Well, uh, you know, Pete, uh, Pete had a lot of wins, uh, a lot of talent, and then, yeah, SC uh, got got punished with uh, with several things with uh, the NCAA. Yeah, well, he, yeah, he did, and you know, there are guys who just try to live above the law and. Um, and, you know, somehow somebody's got to call them out, or at least that's mm-hmm. what I felt. Coach, uh, Nebraska is continuing to, to do well uh, in the portal. Earlier this week, they got Stefan Wynn. He's an IMG kid, defensive tackle that's been in, uh, at Bama for four years, just not able to crack the starting rotation. Uh, and uh, he's on his way to Lincoln. You have uh, another uh, safety that is from Bama. And and then they uh, they added uh, Marcus Washington too. He's out of Texas, wide receiver that uh, transferred in. And what's what's a fair expectation? Guys that go into the portal aren't planning to sit, but what type of impact needs to be made with some of these guys from big time programs, specifically, coach a program the the culture of Alabama? Well, I think. More importantly, is they've got to fit in. They got to fit into your team. They've got to fit into your locker room. You know that's that's the issue. Um, when you get all of a sudden you get a bunch of new portal guys, you, you you've got chemistry issues probably, and you've got to as a coach you really have to, and the leaders on your team have to work really hard to get that up to the level you want it to be soon enough. And so, and, and you, you'll see teams that get a lot of portal guys 
that just never get that chemistry and they never achieve to the level that people think they should or the coach thinks they should because they, you know, that attitude and chemistry is, is as important as talent and uh, it's got to be there. And that's, that's so critical. And so that's, that's your biggest challenge now. And the fact that everybody's, everybody's coming from someplace and there's a reason they're leaving and um, hopefully they can get beyond that reason. Uh, you know, if, if every kid realizes that that makes a change is that they, whatever's happened in the past, they, they are in control of it and they can change it, but they have to want to change it. And, and uh, if that's all working for you and if you can get them to understand that, then you have a chance. And so that, that's all, all that is the mental piece that has to take place. It gets overlooked. It doesn't get talked about because it's pretty private. But in reality, that's as important as anything that happens on the field. Gary Barnett's with us, Sale Varsity Radio. What's so key uh, about getting that chemistry to mesh? Is it more on the players' coach or is it more on the coaches? Well, it's a shared commitment. And uh, every coach knows how important it is. It's hard to put that on the players. Yeah, the only way you can put that on the players is if you have a 20, 25 seniors who are saying, look, here's our culture, and you guys that are coming in, here's our culture. You're not here to change it. You're here to be a part of it. And uh, the sooner you get up to speed, the better. Um, if you only have a few seniors, then who's in charge? Mm-hmm. So then it has to be the coach. So, um again, someone has to say, here is the culture we're creating. We, we'd like for you to be a part of it, but you have to buy in. And, um, again, guys who are making the move, if they realize, if they understand that whatever's happened to them in the past, they can change it if they want to. And then they've got to be willing to do it. And they need help. They need help from assistant coaches, coaches, um, people you have on staff to um, sort of maneuver through all that, but th- that's all critical. Coach, I've got a list of ball games. I know we're under a hundred days out. We're counting down. Uh, airlines booked to uh, to Ireland, so that'll be my my four way into the football season. But you've got Bama hosting A and M in November. You've got Bama at Texas in middle part of September. You've got some really good non-conference, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Oregon, Georgia. That's in Atlanta. If you could pick one or two games to go to this year, what would you pick that I kind of laid out for you? Is there a a non-con or a showdown that, man, you'd love to be at? Well, I think the Oregon-Georgia game, just because the uh, new head coach at Oregon is from Georgia and was the coordinator. I think think that's pretty interesting right there. Uh, I think Ohio State, Notre Dame, just because of the teams, the traditions, that sort of thing, the, the, you know, Midwest, that'd be a heck of a game. And, of course, you, you know, the, I don't know if I want to be at the Alabama uh, A&M game, but I certainly want to watch it. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> Alabama, Texas, I'm not so much interested in that one, but uh, I, am, I, I do like the other three. Would uh, would you make your way up for Nebraska Oklahoma? Uh, yeah, I think 
everything that's happened in Oklahoma, that uh, this is going to be an intriguing game. Yeah, absolutely. Well, should be all right. How's your guys' non-con look, or or even conference? Is the schedule pretty daunting? Well, we open, we we've got uh, TCU on a Friday night here, and then we go to Air Force the next Saturday, and then we go to Minnesota the game after that. So, um, you know, we got two away games in this process, and and then come home to UCLA. So we got our work cut out for us. So we don't have any gimmies in there. And playing Air Force is always so doggone hard. And, you know, it's uh, it, it, uh, if I was a head coach, I would have changed that game. No way I'd play that game. Well, I mean, it's, so. in, it's in-state and it's option and good luck, right? I mean, it's just. Yeah, yeah. well, I, they kept trying to get me to play it when I was here, and I said not until they change offenses. They change <laughs> offenses, I'll go play them. I ain't going to play them now. There's, it's a no-win deal. It's a no-win deal if you're Colorado playing uh, Air Force. Gary Barnett with us. Coach, have a good uh, weekend of golf. Uh, get warm, and thanks for a few minutes. All right, Chris. Great being with you. Thank you. Well, good to talk with Coach Barnett, a dead Ralphie. Man, it's not suspending balloons, but he had a rabid Ralphie trying to run down old Switzer. Good stuff from the coach. We'll talk to a Hall of Fame back next day-by-day day in Omaha. Amon Green joins us at Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Welcome in Green Bay Packer Hall of Famer, Husker Hall of Famer, standout uh, with the Big Red and couple of national title rings. Uh, Amon Green with this big part of Day by Day that'll be in Omaha. Coming up here this holiday weekend, the Granary District, 7 p.m. Friday, daybydaymovie.com is where you go to get your movie tickets. Amon, it's been a while. Nice to spend time with you. Thanks for taking the phone call. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Well, appreciate you, you jumping on. And, and Amon, I look back to your time at Nebraska. What was it like for you? to be an incoming freshman with that 95 team? Um, it was just it was me, you know, just taking in what the guys that did the previous year. And my goal was to come in and try to help the team anyway, any way, shape, and size I could. And uh, I remember during training camp and right at the end of training camp where Coach set me down in the running back room. He asked me, did I want a red shirt? And I pretty much said to him right away, no, I don't. I said, I want to I want to play my freshman year. I know I team out, um, and, and that was because how the team is around me. You know, Lawrence Phillips, Damon B, Jason, Clinton Childs, and then guys on defense, Christian, Phil Ellis, uh, Doug, uh, Mike Minner, those guys, Tony Veland. Uh, basically, they, you know, they they beat me up, but that beating me up got me ready to play. You know, it, it gave me the confidence of what I knew because they would tell me. You know, they'll tell me they would beat me up and they say, hey. 
then the next day, oh, man, freshman, good job. The way you ran that ball today, that's how you run the ball. That's how you become part of the offense. That, that's all I needed to hear. So I knew I was doing the right things coming in. And then so then from that point is just continue to play and practice, obviously hit the books the way I needed to to be a part of this uh, team and a part of that offense uh, in that year. I'm on Green with us, Hale Varsity Radio, head coach, gamer, host, and uh, uh, just an incredible NFL career. Amon, who took you under their wing as a freshman? Yes. Oh, who took me under? Yeah. Um, he did. He what, you, you, you cut out, Amon. Who, start over for me, bud. Who, who, who took you under the, their wing? Who, who helped you get acclimated in that running back room? Oh, yeah. So the person that took me under their wing was Lawrence Phillips right away. On the day summer workout started for the freshman class of 95, he pretty much grabbed me in the weight room and said, freshman, you're working out with me. You know, this is what we're going to we're gonna do this together on these days. We're going to sprint. We do swing sprints and we do the conditioning outside on the uh, field. You run next to me. And when I'm out here, make sure you do that. And where I don't have to come look for you. I'm like, no problem. Done. And so that's when our friendship, our our, our teammate relationship basically started to grow from there. And I knew his work ethic and I know what he did on the field because I watched him the previous year as a, you know, as a high school senior and junior in Central sophomore at north so just knowing his ability knowing what he could do i'm like definitely gracious and happy that he's basically taking the time to to reach out to me and say hey this is what i could do you know i want you, i want to push you i want you to push me you know so we can go out here and basically be the best of the best you know make each other be- better out here on the football field i'm on greens with us hail varsity radio day by day movie in omaha this weekend, the Granary District, 7 o'clock Friday, daybydaymovie.com is where you log on to get your movie tickets if you're headed up to the Metro. Did that shock you uh, to have somebody of, of LP's stature willing to extend an olive branch to somebody that, that wanted his job? No, it wasn't a surprise. It was more it wasn't a shock. It was more like a subtle surprise because I've been watching it for years. And you know, when you're a fan... Of somebody like Lawrence, like Tommy, like the first few years, Jacob Peter, Grant Western, and then now you're staying next to him, you're him on the person, hanging out with him in the, at the training table, you know, and they're finding out oh, they're just for you. They, they just want to work hard, they want to win a lot of football games, and they're going to do whatever they need to do or we need to do to win those games. And so now it's like, man, we got the same mindset. You know, I want to win, I want to help this team continue to win. They beat Miami. Um, this previous year, now I want to be be a part of the team that beats the next team in the national title game. You know, come the end of the football season in 1995, going into 1996. So to see that we're all like minded on the same page and had the same in front of us, uh, that was just a I'll say a breath for fresh air for myself. Amon, you you got thrust into the starting position and you delivered. Still a freshman record uh, rushing. How did you prepare for that? How did Coach Solich get you ready? When my mom and dad told me we did it real quick where it was a short-term goals, long-term goals, or short-term, mid-term, and long-term. Short-term goals was that you did every day, like wake up on time, you already did practice hard. Um, is mid-term goals, past the chance at the end of the school year to graduate and things of that nature. But then my one firm, long-term goal was to whatever college I went to, help that team win the title and then obviously graduate from my college. And that basically... And started to start. It started into fruition once I became a freshman. 
in training camp in the summer of 1995. It just was those guys, like I said, like-minded people working together. Coach Osborne and coaching staff motivating us. And Coach Solich, you know, helped out where you know, giving me the confidence to go out there and play. Because I remember my freshman year going into the state game. I was really anxious. I was really nervous before a game. It was on Thursday night football and, and Thursday night ESPN football. And I know everybody literally in the world is going to be watching us play. And I'm like, okay, you know, what I'm going to do? I'm going to mess up. Am I going to fumble? And, you know, so I got all these thoughts running through my head. And we watched our last set of film the night before. And I'm walking out the meeting room. And I say to Coach Solis, I said, Coach, I said, I'm nervous. What can I do to kind of calm myself down? He said, well, don't worry about it. Being nervous right now is just your body kind of telling you, your body and your mind telling you you're ready to play because you're thinking, what are you thinking about? It's like, I'm thinking about the game tomorrow. He's like, exactly. He said, that's what you should be thinking about. So, so body, your way your body tells you you're ready to do this or you're, you're becoming aware of what you need to do when the moment comes. And so when he said that, it just helped me relax a little bit more, actually calmed me down a lot so I could sleep better through the night. I had a sleep, I had a really sleepless, uh, a sleepful night that night. And once I got in the game, it was just like he said, I was calm. I knew the play. I think my first carry was a 20-yard run down the sidelines, and I got pushed out of bounds. And then later on in the fourth, third, fourth quarter, I scored a touchdown. My first touchdown in my first college football game was something I never even thought of to happen like that. was just – it just gave me that confidence to keep working hard and doing what I was doing, that I was on the right path. Uh, that I wanted to be on to help this team win a national title. How hard a lesson, I guess, was was the Arizona State game for the team? That Arizona State game in 1996, that, that was a game that basically said two things to us. As players, as a team, that, you know, you got to play through hard moments and you got to keep focus. And if you get off that focus, it's going to be even harder to, to play and try to win. And then also, not that we didn't respect our opponent, opponent but definitely never take an opponent lightly because – any given moment, any any given game. That's why we play football. So the game that everybody thought we were going to win, we ended up getting, you know, uh, we had scored nothing. And we got beat 19-0 to in Sun Devil Stadium. So it was just an eye-opener. And then from that point on, we had the motivation. We found our focus because we were just a little rattled, I say, going into the game, but then also in the game, definitely rattled. But we were able to you know, get things, I say, lined up and finish the rest of the season, even though we still – you know, stumble in losing in the first Big 12 championship to Texas uh, Longhorns, but we were able to. That was kind of our springboard into the '97 season. Was there a doubt at all in your mind that '97 would end the way it did? Uh, no, no, there was no doubt. I knew it was going to be different because that motivation to the Longhorns that for every player, I wasn't even on that trip, so I took it more personal mm-hmm. myself than any other player. Those guys played on the they physically felt the pain because they. In that game, they got beat up and they got hurt or they, they were playing through, you know, guys had the flu and all that stuff going on, you know, but I'm sitting at home with a broke foot. And I, so I can't even be there with my teammates in a loss because, like I said, I'm a team player. So even in a loss, I'm going to be next to my players. I want to do that same effort, win or lose, and I'm not even there. I'm back home in Omaha watching the game on TV and just, like, shaking my head like, man, I wish I was there. But going to Miami, playing against the Union Tech, getting my foot held up with all the motivation I needed. And then for all of us, you know, some of us, to be honest, we didn't want, we didn't even want to play Virginia Tech. We wanted to play, I think it was Florida State for the national title or Florida again for the national title in that game because we knew we were better than what we were. We know these two losses, the loss against Sun Devils in their stadium and then the loss against Longhorns in the Big 12 championship was the two deciding games that put us in our situation 
But we understood that, and now we just had to put it past us and look forward to putting over us through that whole season. Amon Green with us. Amon, you've had uh, a couple of interesting moments in your career with Tommy Frazier and then Scott Frost going from Frazier to Frost and also going from Favre to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, what was that like for you as the primary ball carrier uh, on, on both teams? Oh, man, it was amazing. I, I, I'm very, I say fortunate, very, I say lucky, <laughs> because I never thought I would have a chance to, obviously, once I met Tommy right away and then he's being the commander in that hollow, almost, you know, shouting plays at me, you know, let me, making sure that I know my plays and even – and if I know, but he said, don't, if you don't, don't even think, you know, tell me, don't think sometimes just, just play because you wouldn't be in this huddle. You know, if, if you didn't, if you, if you were in, if you, say, if you didn't do the things you did, you know, in high school or during training camp, you wouldn't be in this huddle. So you're supposed to be here. So when I give you a play, run it like you've been running it. And you know, he would, you know, give me that type of little soft, little talks in the huddle. It'd be quick. It was over. But then I would have that confidence to go and get out of my own way mentally because you know i'm I'm barely 18 mm-hmm. i'm playing on the national title team this number one team in the country so yes it's a hundred like i said a, a hundred thoughts running through my head don't mess up don't do this this and that but he's like stop thinking just play and keep up with me don't you know because i'm gonna run as fast as i'm gonna run so you better keep up with me i was like no problem tommy so that just helped me because it was just he, he trusted me you know just like the coaches trust me to be in that on the football field in that huddle and then switch it over a couple of years later or the next year to Scott, it was now I was kind of not that I had leadership over Scott. We were, you know, I had been on the field. I had been, you know, starting as a freshman. So I just had that experience mm. a little bit more than Scott did. So I kind of helped him, you know, right during, during and after that uh, Arizona state game, we had miscommunication with, we had a couple bad pitches here and there. So I just, you know, had that conversation just like Tommy had with me. It was like, Hey, you know, when you pitch the ball, just make sure, you know, double clutch it or if you, you if you're going to run with it just run with it you know i'm gonna play off of you that's how the option works and i think giving me saying that to him knowing that you know i'm not mad it, it happens we play games we lose games we do it you do it as a team so i'm doing this i'm telling you i still got your back i'm gonna you're gonna need me i'm gonna need you so this is what we need to do together and i think i hope that that was the conversation that helped him build his confidence as a quarterback coming after tommy Frazier because as we know that was no easy task, as we know what Tommy did this years in Lincoln. So to have Scott coming in, be the first quarterback after a guy like Tommy, wasn't easy. You know, he took a lot of flat for the media to, to, because he went to Stanford and he came back. So it was all that, you know, I'm pretty sure weighing on him. So him coming back to do what he did as a, a quarterback starting my sophomore year, his, uh, his junior year, and then the next year as well, just something that we pretty much grew together in that backfield. Like what you hear, high-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. A few more minutes, Amon Green talking quarterbacks and uh, his life and times in the NFL day by day in Omaha this weekend. 
for me in Green Bay, like I said, just being a fan of the team and then knowing of Brett and then finally getting there, finding out what type of player he is, what type of person he is, what type of teammate he is, you know, that it was like, wow, I get to do this. So the cool part was he's just a, a farm boy that likes to hunt and, t- and talk about his grass, you know, and play practical jokes on people. And then he could throw the ball very hard. So I'm like, the good thing is I don't, I'm not a wide receiver, but he doesn't have to throw the ball hard to me. He could just flip it to me here and there on short passes. So that was the one good thing I, had, I didn't have to worry about with Brett because I didn't want no broken fingers mm-hmm. um, at that time. But uh, but the, the, the switch to him, to Aaron, and then really don't forget, my senior, when I was a rookie in Seattle, I had uh, Warren Moon. Oh, my wow. My rookie year. That's right. So having him, too, another guy who I idolized, watching him play ball when he was with the Oilers, and then once I get to Seattle, he's there. So having Warren, having Brett, and then on to Aaron, I knew right away the day we drafted him, just because of his process and what he started with, knowing that he slipped to the 24th pick, and everybody says, you know, that's not a big deal. He still went first round. But as a player, when you're told one thing and then another thing happens, that is what is going to bother you. That's what is going to upset you. That's what's going to, you know, bring that chip on your shoulder to grow. That's how. That's what happened with me. I was told I would go late first round, and I went third round. So I knew right away with Aaron dropping to the 24th pick for the Packers in the 2005 draft, I knew right away this kid was going to come in with a chip on his shoulder. And he's going to, you know, he was going to possibly, you know, come in and, and fill the shoes and surpass what what Brett did his career um, playing as a quarterback in the NFL and as a quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, which we know is not no easy task. But he did it. He's been doing it. He's still doing it today. So I'm happy for him. And it was just, you know, I say for me, great moments to be able to play with all those quarterbacks throughout my career. Amon Green with us. Amon, last thought, and thanks so much for taking time to, to promote Day by Day. Excited to see your feature part in it. And, uh, of course, Nebraska fans anxious to see, uh, remembering the, the dominance, the rise, part one of the documentary, Omaha, this weekend. Daybydaymovie.com is where you go to get your tickets, the granary district where it's going to be shown. So is there a, a, an all-time classic Favre prank you can tell us about? Uh, yeah, I got several, but... One for sure, and and this one goes in in a, in a I say in the category of uh, myself not knowing, not being a hunter. So I'm not a you know traditionally I never was a hunter. I've been hunting a few times since the prank. Before the prank, never had been hunting. Oh, no. So for your hunters out there, you're gonna like this prank. So it was my second year. It was 2001 season. I became the starter. It's about week five or six. We're having an okay year. We went the first month. We're like one and two. And we won a few games after that, so we're kind of back on the, the winning winning path. And I come to my locker on a Wednesday, and my jersey feels kind of – it smells kind of funny. It smells kind of like mildew. And I'm like, okay, maybe the equipment guys didn't wash it last night and they just didn't put it in the dryer at the right time or whatever. So I go kind of tease them a little bit, have some fun. Red and T-Bone and Nelly. I'm like, what y'all doing, you know? You, 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 did you forget the, uh, the the detergent or the the bounce, you know, fabric softener? And you know, then I go to practice, you know, and not thinking nothing of it. And then I was Wednesday, Thursday, same thing. It smelled like mildew, and I'm like, these guys are really not. They're missing it. it just, but you know, for me, it's just like nothing. They're like, all right, they just maybe just the washer broke down or the dryer's not working, what have you. So again, then Friday, I'm sitting in my locker, about to go through our, about to go to practice with Doug Peterson that was our backup quarterback at that time, walks up to me. He says, Amon, um, has your jersey smelled like mildew the last couple of days? I'm like, 
Yeah, it sure has. That's like I've just been giving Red and Nelly and guys a bad time just because it seemed like they forgot how to use the washer and dryer. They're like, he's like, no, 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 it's not them. That's not what it is. He said, do you hunt? Have you been hunting? I said, no, I haven't. I'm like, what's up? He said, well, when a hunter goes hunting, they bring dry dough urine to put in the stand and sprinkle it around the stand for the attract the deer to, to the, the blind. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, this is deer pee? <laughs> and, and then he said, yeah, Brett did it to me, Craig Nall, and I think he did Donald too, a few other players, as a joke. And I'm like, wow. I was like, well, I hope he really likes me because he still get, has me the ball and throws me the ball from time to time. Wow. So, so did you get him back? No, I still owe him. So <laughs> that's going to happen one day. I like it. Amon, best to you. Thanks for a few minutes today. Hey, no, thanks for having me. I, I love telling the stories to everybody. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you. Good stuff from Amon Green. Let's check in with Danny Burke. Friday, Chicago. Let's get into it. What do you think here about uh, Game 5, Warriors-Mavs? This thing's been pretty nuts. Uh, not been a lot of close playoffs. Golden State minus six and a half. What you feeling in game or overall? Yeah, I think like you said, in game still continues to be the move when you're betting this Warriors team in the postseason. But again, I'm just not someone who likes to lay relatively higher spreads in the NBA or in general. So what I'm going to do is wait to see if the Mavericks get out to that early lead or if they're just able to keep it close and then look to pounce on Golden State. Because let's be honest, they're going to close it out in this game. I mean, the Mavs were lucky to get their one. It's kind of reminiscent. And uh, Elijah could obviously speak on this. But with the Nuggets series where they almost got swept, but then game four, the Nuggets figured it out. They go back to Golden State. The Warriors take care of business. I'm kind of thinking the same thing here with the Warriors and Mavericks. And, look, you know, I would probably rather take the points than lay them. But, again, I just want to try to get a better spot with Golden State and then just bet them to win at a relatively appropriate price. But I do think they handle business. They will move on to the finals. And in terms of a prop, I guess, for tonight, now the reason that I didn't really give this out as a best bet is because the price was kind of steep. But if you're willing to lay it, I think looking over Steph Curry uh, or Steph Curry over his prop of three-point field goals, which it was like at three-and-a-half, but the juice was minus 140, I think that's a viable play. He's gone over it, and I think like seven out of 15 postseason games. But more importantly, he, t- he tends to kind of – you know, step it up a little bit in these elimination games. He's gone over it in both of the elimination games at home this series. I think he got five and six respectively, and then even 27 and a half with his points prop, he's gone over that in both of the elimination games at home. So whatever it is, Curry kind of turns the dial a little bit, so I probably look to be betting his points or three-point field goals made props over tonight. I'd kind of like that as opposed to the in-game angle on the Warriors. Good stuff. Danny Burks with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Danny, looking ahead to tomorrow night, Celtics looking to close the series out there. Uh, an eight-and-a-half-point favorite against the Heat tomorrow night. What, what do you like in that one? Yeah, Celtics will take care of business as well. You know, and I said I'd rather take the points with the Mavericks than lay it with the Warriors. I'd honestly rather lay the points with the Celtics than take it with the Heat tomorrow. I get their backs are against the wall, but they're just getting no help whatsoever. I mean, Max Strews got banged up. Bam Adebayo doesn't want to shoot the ball for whatever reason. And Jimmy Butler is clearly injured as well. And so is Kyle Lowry, and he's not scoring. And I actually bet Kyle Lowry under last night as points and rebounds 
at 14 and a half. Guess what? He had none in both categories. So if they're going to throw that up there again, I will gladly go toward the under. But he's really just a liability out there at this point. So I'm shocked they're even playing him. And I can't believe it took him this long to finally put Duncan Robinson back in the mix when really they need as much offense as they can get. So uh, looking into that game tomorrow, again, Probably won't bet at free flop unless there's going to be some propositions that stand out to me, like the Kyle Lowry one. But I know they're allowing you to bet on the Eastern Conference and Western Conference MVPs. It's a new thing they're doing this year. I kind of like the value on Jalen Brown. He's averaging more points per game compared to Jason Tatum, and Tatum seems like the obvious play. But, you know, Tatum's probably more so the guy you want to bet for finals MVP, not conference finals MVP. And we don't know what the heck they're going to do voting-wise for this. It's the first time they're doing it. You're getting Jalen Brown at, like, plus 160. He had a highlight-worthy play last night, had a great second half. If he can do it once again, I think they'd give him the award. So that could be another way to go about it, too. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Danny Burke with his Vizen Sports Network and Danny Burke 5 on the ice tonight. Rangers, Canes, that's tied in two. Of course, Oilers trying to close out the Flames. Man, uh, so it, it's tough. I, you know, I took a little bit of a fly. Well, I took a little flyer on the Flames to win the Stanley Cup at like fifteen to one. But my bigger bet and my main one was the Hurricanes to win the Cup at like eleven to one. And I also had both series spread, meaning that these teams had to win in four, five, or six respectively. And the Flames obviously screwed the pooch on that one. <laughs> and the Hurricanes still have a chance here. I still have faith in them tonight. I bet them tonight on the money line. They've won every single home postseason game. Ronta has been a stud at home. His home and road splits are really just tremendous, and it's not good if you're looking to back them on the road. But when they get on their home ice, they're a completely different team. Shesterkin has been looking like how he did during the regular season, being the best goalie. But again, he has been slightly worse on the road. So I think the Hurricanes bounce back tonight and win. As for the Flames and Oilers, Calgary is so dang frustrating. They're making Mike Smith look like the best goaltender, and he's really not. He's not good at all. Markstrom is crap in the bed. I don't know what's going on with him, but this Flames team, I do think they win tonight, but because of how wonky they are, I'm not going to invest in it financially. But if you wanted to look to bet it, yes, I would take the Flames. But more importantly, I did take a play on the Hurricanes this evening. So Hurricanes money line is my official hockey play for the night. Danny, last thought here. UEFA Champions League on Saturday. Uh, I know this is not something you usually bet soccer, but what's your lean here? Liverpool or Real Madrid? Uh, Liverpool is uh, minus 180 to lift the trophy. Real Madrid's plus 140 to lift the trophy. <laughs> you are asking the wrong guy. I literally have no clue. So uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll take the plus money just so I'm not laying the chalk. 
I know Schmitty's a diehard football fan, and yes, I said football, the legit term. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go with whatever he's rocking with. You know what? I'm going with whatever Elijah leans. <laughs> Next question. Danny Burke, Visa and Sports Network at Danny Burke 5. Pride of Chicago, thanks for a couple of minutes today. Yeah, you got it, guys. Take care. Got to run with some of those uh, suggestions from Danny. Uh, Danny Burke, good stuff with VEASAN. Great stuff with Amon Green, especially the thoughts on Tommy Frazier and the Brent Favre deer urine prank. Ugh. Have that up on SoundCloud here for you shortly. That's you, that's good. And, and Ralphie the Buffalo dying at halftime. <laughs> 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 we got into talking with Barney about, well, they're, they're getting rid of the red balloons. Is there a tradition they waved in boulders? Like, yeah, we quit running Ralphie for about four years. Because Ralphie tried to, I guess they had one Ralphie that, that would smoke all of its handle, uh, all of her handlers, as in like just buck them. And then Ralphie'd run that end zone, if you've been to Boulder, that says Colorado. You know, the one that Lamont Green ran up on after he scored a touchdown. <laughs> Ralphie'd run through. <laughs> then one just kicked. At halftime, that's the crazy. One. Sure, Buffalo's they, they they want to get to high ground, but just dying at halftime. I mean, how do they keep that one under the rug? I've never heard that before. I, I, I'll have to follow up. We'll have more inquiries about dead, dead Buffaloes. Your chance, one last chance. Qualify now. The Smoker Capital Patio, the meat from Russ's Market drawing tomorrow. Caller nine now. A Huda Media Production.